Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. I don't know what you had in mind. Authority Radio with your host, Chaotic Katie, the voice, Paul Eubanks, the Dean of Wrestling Referees, Steve Kane, and Sadistic Sean David. Lock and load, wrestling fans. It's time for war. Welcome everyone to another loaded edition of Wrestling Authority Radio live inside the ER. I am Sadistic Sean David along with my co-host. The Dean of Wrestling Referee Steve Kane. And the reason why the show will never be a bag of dicks, Canada Katie. Welcome to the show folks. How are my boys? We are good. Uh, tonight <laughs> we will be joined yeah. by the punk rock queen, Jamie Senegal, and this will be an exclusive interview uh, that you don't want to miss. Uh, we're going to bring Crimey on right now to uh, talk about some stuff. Uh, but before we do that, I do need to offer 
an additional comment about Mr. Rex Gill about last Uh-oh. night. Here we go. Mr. Gill, Mr. <laughs> Gill claimed that there were security cameras in Indiana and that he had reviewed that footage and he had seen nothing or the venue had reviewed that footage and seen nothing. Rex, if nothing happened, why are all of these people coming forward? Mm-hmm. And not, and yeah, not it's like, just... It's like the cops. We investigated ourselves and found that we did nothing wrong. Exactly. So, you know, uh, and we will be talking. Uh, I've, I've got to talk to Jess some more uh, tonight. But we will be talking to the promoter that Rex ran out of Indiana very soon. As could be even as soon as next week. Oh my! Um, as soon as he's got the availability to call in, we will make it happen, and we will find out what the agreement was between him and Mr. Gill, and why he hasn't poached back that building from Mr. Gill after Mr. Gill has gone there two times now and shit the bed. Mm. Don't allow no, such a fucking low life to make you feel lower than him, you know? Right. Don't get run right. out by nobody. You stay there. You live there. You make your way. It's yours. All right. Well, we're going to let Crime Fighter open up the show tonight because we didn't have the time to do it last night. And once we start this exclusive interview, we won't have the time to do it tonight. All right. Hey, Sean. Hello. Man, what a night last night was. Yeah. Oh, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I came to came in to talk about uh, PWCI this week. Uh, this week's episode is my annual year in review show. It takes quite a bit of time to put it together and basically highlight uh, ten, ten the ten biggest stories I think affected or had influence in the uh, the St. Louis wrestling scene for over the course of 2018. And the uh, episode is online right now on YouTube at tiny.cc slash PWCI. The shortened URL, once you get to the page, it is the featured video, and it will automatically start playing. Um, this year, uh, putting together this list was or finding 10 stories to feature was quite a bit easier than in previous years. Uh, There's been a lot happening uh, in this area over the course of 2018. Um, The 2017 top story of the year was Mike Logan selling Glory Pro. Um, This year I picked... This year I picked um, a story that... Um, I'm not going to reveal what which one it is, but when you watch the video, uh, I think you'll agree with me that uh, that was the uh, the right choice to put at the top of the list. And it is a diverse uh, top ten. It involves legal stuff. It involves um, milestone or accomplishments that um, has been. Uh, that are pretty notable, and 
And I've and you've talked about some of these stories um, during the course of the year. Um, okay. Now, Sean, I sent you the link early. Did you get a chance to watch it? I did not. Oh, that's unfortunate. I well, without revealing anything. Um, Whoops, covers, Sean. Um, Sorry. What's up? Go ahead. All right, I don't know what Steve Kane was trying to tell him. Um, if you get a chance, it's a half hour. It goes pretty quick. It's a tiny.cc slash pwci, and uh, it will be uh, time well spent. I know a lot of people don't like to sit through your review shows, but uh, I keep it flowing very fast, and it does not slow down. Good. Um, All right. Um, Go ahead. I don't know if I should mention the follow-up from last night. I did forward the information to somebody with uh, State Police District 17 and hope that uh, they can do something with it or at least devise devise the the victim uh, best course forward. Uh, there is a clarification on restraining orders. The person you're serving it against doesn't have to have an address, especially if they've been booted out of their former address. They just need to be found. Um, yes. Considering what how the what was described uh, the actions of the uh, the perpetrator, I don't think it's going to be too difficult to. Find him if he's doing exactly what uh, she said he's been doing lately. Yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. I mean, he's making himself available to be served. And I hope he and I hope he does get found very soon and uh, gets told, "Hey, we got we got we got our eyes on you, buddy." We got our eyes on you, and you have to comply with what we say you have to do before you, until you get your uh, your legal situation sorted out. Yeah. Well, and so. that's a, that's a good thing. I mean, at least uh, at least we'll go from there and and see what what can be done. He has court Friday. Uh, I saw him post on Mr. Grunge's page earlier. I hope Mr. Grunge is smart enough, man, to not book the son of a bitch again. Mm. Yeah, I've got a. I still haven't written anything on this case. Of course, I have to write something from a blog. I have not been able to, and I've been. No, it's it's course, okay, Kami. On the whole, we'll get to it. three hours yeah. and good grief. You know, all day. Post-holiday lethargicism is a thing. Yes. Last week was a three-day week. And it was like, I've been <laughs> dragging the entire the entire week so far. Yeah. All right, folks. February well, will give be... a reprieve as uh, there will be two holidays in pro- close proximity together. So, I don't know. Yes. Well, and uh, Martin Luther King uh, weekend is coming up in next week. So. Yeah. All right, folks, uh, there will be no after party tonight. What we cover, we cover. What we don't, we don't. I'm going to go message our guest and uh, request that he calls in. All right, thank you, Sean. So, 
Craig, if you don't want to miss this interview, uh, you might have some input to put in, questions. Uh, I don't know if you can stick around or not. Uh, we will be uh, discussing... We will be discussing AEW um, in probably well, about an hour and a half, as long as we have time. Well, I'll tell you what, Sean. While we've got some time waiting for our guests to call in, we need to address the 1,000-pound elephant in the room known as, well, hold on. Uh, we got to call in. Katie, you might want to check that real quick. All that right, might be... I'm going. Um, so we are going to address the thousand pound elephant in the room real quick. Uh, her name is the Priscilla Known Kelly. As Priscilla Kelly. Yeah. Yes. She, oh God, that. She was on this program a couple years back. She was very young. Um, she's still very young, as far as I know. I don't even think she's 21. If she's 21, it would shock me. Um. Uh, I believe so, her turned 21. Uh, just the past year. Gotcha. All right, boys, All right. you do have somebody in queue. Okay, thank you. We'll get to him uh, in just a couple minutes. Uh, but we we do have to address the 1,000-pound elephant in the room, Priscilla Kelly, <laughs> and the most bloody, disgusting spot I've ever seen on a wrestling show ever. Um, this is coming from a guy that will shut off the TV the moment that Jimmy Joey Ryan pops on the TV. I don't like the dick spot. I don't like the, uh, the the stuff that happened at All In with the inflatable penises acting as druids for him to come out to. I thought it was pure stupidity. Yeah, I know. Um, I have nightmares about them, and they're all wearing golden helmets. So, I, yeah. I do not agree with it. Uh, the same way that I don't agree with Priscilla Kelly's spot of pulling a tampon out of her vagina and shoving it down another girl's throat. Regardless if it was blood-soaked or not, it's and, not a good thing and, to be doing. And at, fir- and at first, it looked like she was actually masturbating herself before she finally managed to supposedly pull it out of her. Yeah. Well, um, I really hate to say it, but uh, no, she did not. If you have ever seen a woman try and take a tampon out, I wear tampons, and that's exactly what it looks like. So, no, she did not look like she was masturbating. She looked like she was taking out a fucking tampon, period. Um, I do it monthly. The, the thing about <laughs> this is she is using equal rights as her defense uh, for this action. it's... Yeah, and that it's 21 plus, and it's she used the F word. It's unfucking sanitary. There's an F word for you. It's fucking wrong. <laughs> regardless if it's well, blood soaked, regardless if it was up her vagina, regardless of any of it. Okay, it, it was wrong. It was disgusting. There's children there, and I know they want none of those guys wanted to see a tampon of any sort anywhere, anytime. Okay, so. We're gonna read a children at this adult nightclub. I, I, I gotta say, I have Cornette's. I have Cornette's uh, response because he responded directly oh, to her. Well, on I want to know it. I want to know it. Go ahead. Says people want my take, so I'll give it direct to you. I expect nothing. I expect nothing else from outlaw mud show wrestlers, male or female, because none of you can work. But to defend your bull bleep by. Stating, stating, well, it's all the F word. That's, Fake anyway. And he put mm-hmm. that's 
in capital why you, dick guy, and others are killing wrestling. F you. Fuck you. And 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 this and Cornets isn't the only reaction to this. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna pull I'm gonna pull up uh, the others. Um, the two people that uh, we know of that uh, that I know of that actually defended her are Dick Guy himself and, and Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer? Oh, really, Tommy? Okay, what about oh, Tommy? Think of him differently. Gail Kim. No, just Gail Kim. Paul Piper says. I've seen this post of a woman's match that got disgusting, and I'm not going to repost it because it's seriously a disgrace. Why? Whoever thought that spot was going to get a pop and was worth it, no, all capitals. How about telling the story in the ring with your wrestling instead? Jim Ross just wrote one word, embarrassing. And then... Hmm. Um, you know, then, then uh, they post what Dick Guy wrote. And then Tessa Blanchard. Oh. oh I'm shit. actually disgusted with this. So. I believe it. Um, because the wrestling has a. Whatever you want. Fry me, fry me. Why are you interrupting the host? Don't make One at a time, guys. All right. Thank you. Road Dog, Brian James. This stuff is the reason some people despise our industry. It's got nothing to do with, quote, taking life seriously, end quote. It's about dignity and a pride. He obviously has none. And, you know, remember, remember, not all that many months back, uh, he was... She isn't going to be getting a call from WWE anymore. She won't be getting a call from all the league. Bring up her impact, Lucha Underground, none of them. They're not going to want her. See, this is the way I look at it, okay? All right. The way I've actually notice watching watching her family's show, as you may call it. A gypsy upbringing is extremely, extremely tough, okay? They're, they're, raised, they're raised no different than Irish. They're, they're raised to be tough. They're raised to, raised to be respectful. And they're not raised to be disgraceful like this. Yes, I understand that they can get a little nasty at times, and when they fight, they fight. And, yeah, it can be a little dramatic sometimes, too. But this is not the way they are raised. They are not raised to be utterly disgraceful like that. And to do it in public? I mean, maybe this is why women aren't allowed to work outside the home. Because they pull shit well, like that's this. The thing. I was going to say, because I'm wondering if her family even has anything to do with her anymore. I mean, number one, she was living with Darby Allen before yeah, they got married. Gorgeous. Yep, Darby Allen is a gorger. Yep. Um, a gorger is a non-gypsy for those who don't watch the show. Right. 
And then she actually, she, she not only does the wrestling, she actually holds a uh, regular shoot job outside of the house. I found out about yep. that on her Instagram um, a few weeks uh, back her. before this whole thing happened. Well, now she's got something to fall back on. Which totally against, you know, gypsy cultural position for women. Yeah. They're to stay home, clean the house, cook for their husbands, and make babies. That's what they're supposed to do. That's it. Yep. Take care of the house, take care of the kids, while the husband's out on the road. And it's very strict. Very strict with the women, no drinking. Um, Steve, quickly read that Ricky Reyes post, and then we'll get to our guest. Okay. All right. Hang on. Now, now you got. Now I got to pop that up on uh, Facebook. So uh, you're gonna have to give me just a moment here because I got to. Grimey, you had something to say. Yeah, I know we did. Well, Sorry, yeah. Go ahead, swear you while you do while we're doing it. I was going to say just because. You're performing at an adult nightclub doesn't mean you can... Oh, she's a stripper. ...something abominable like Priscilla Kelly did. And not there be consequences. Um, obviously, nobody taught her about um, cause and effect. Well, if nobody's going to... If- Promotions are not going to book her now. Well, there's obviously uh, well, that's still immediate be, consequence still there. There, you know what? There's always going to be somebody out there that's going to book her. Someone that's always going to want her, whether it be for what she did or because nobody else wants her. That's just the way it is, from what I've been told. Well, she's already, well, picked, yeah. up. She's she's already picked up bookings over this. And the promoters that are booking her over this are purely retarded and have no... And I don't use that word lightly. They're they're purely stupid and don't deserve to be in the wrestling business if they're going to book that kind of shit. Well, retarded, to to say somebody's retarded means to say that they they hold back, like as in a fire-retarded wall, like asbestos was a retarded. So I don't know if that word is quite appropriate to be used, since that's not what it means. The, it was deliberate it, stupidity. Yes, yeah, yeah. deliberate stupidity. I like that a lot better. Deliberate yeah. stupidity because if you're booking her and thinking she's going to put additional asses in seats with a spot like that, I got some news for you. I got a Golden Gate Bridge that I'll tell you too. Okay, here we go. Um, now, Ricky Preston at the top of this. My opinion. Don't like it? Press the unfriend button, please. Professional wrestling is great in all different forms. You can claim that one style or brand is better than the other. All you want because it's professional wrestling. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. You can claim one, the one because he capitalizes in odd spots. You can claim that one style or brand is better than the other all you want because it's professional wrestling. However, doing something disgusting during a wrestling match isn't art or a style of professional wrestling. It's still a disgusting act, no matter what the setting is. It's simply a cry for attention. Simple as that. Many women wrestlers have worked very hard over many years to get eyes on them and to be looked at as legitimate wrestlers on the same level as male wrestlers. So by doing something disgusting during a women's match only hurts them. 
think if your daughter was in the crowd or she sees it online, is that how women wrestlers are supposed to act? Well, not the real famous ones, not the ones that will be performing in front of 80,000 people in April. This may have gone viral for now, but isn't the standard of what pro re- but it but isn't the standard of what pro wrestling is or what it is becoming? It's simply a disgusting act that isn't good for us as wrestlers, male or female. Wrestling is a business, and certainly not helping independent professional wrestling earn any respect. It's truly a shame that it happened, and hopefully we can move on from this ASAP. As a parent. I hope no young kids see it. That's really the most important thing here. Agree. Yep. Yeah. I hope it's never. And because... uh, there were and there were a lot of comments uh, in there, um, including our uh, our good friend uh, Rudy Gonzalez. Uh, Casey Carlisle reacted to it. Uh, Bob Evans, Les Thatcher. Can just imagine how so. creepy feels, Buffy. All right. Well, that does it for that. And without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our main guest of the evening is here. He is the punk rock queen, Jamie Senegal. Hello. Welcome, Jamie. It's great to have you. Thanks for coming out. Hey, welcome, Thank man. You. Thank you for having me. Anytime. Uh, before we get this uh, started, I just want to get something off my chest quick. I heard uh-huh. the R word, and I take very, very, very offense to that because I have Asperger's syndrome. I'm sorry. Why do you think? Why do you think when that word is used, I always, I will. I'm telling you, I always give the dictionary. <clears throat> you know, I'm just like, excuse me, that's not what that means. Don't use that. That is. I can't just stand as that bad word. As any gay slur. That is just as bad as any racial mm-hmm. slur. Mhm. It just really shook me for a minute. You're okay, honey. It's you're you are in a safe place. A word was used that shouldn't have been, but let's try and move on. Uh, your thoughts and opinions on Priscilla Kelly? Well, Priscilla Kelly is one of my absolute best friends on the entire planet. And I know that girl loves wrestling, and I know that girl is one of the greatest people I've ever met. That is a very, 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 very questionable spot, yes. Mm-hmm. But our jobs as professional wrestlers are to make a reaction and cause a reaction. And that's what she did. Whether it's the most offensive thing, and I got in the same fight with my stepmom over it, it may be one of the most offensive things, but I know a lot of women's wrestlers who were literally thinking about doing the same thing. So... For people not to, for the people that did think about wanting to do this thing who aren't stepping up for her, I'm pissed off and annoyed because there's a lot of questionable things that happen in wrestling. And I know it's 2019 and this and that and the third, but like, I think that spot was great because to me, her character is disgusting. Like, to me, her character is a disgusting, evil, hell's favorite heart. It's the devil's harlot. Like, I think it fits her. I think it's perfect. There's a time and a place, and I think there's no better place for it than where it happened because it went viral and it exploded. I plan on doing some pretty offensive things here in the future. I I don't see a problem with it. It's body fluid or supposed body fluid, fake body fluid. It doesn't matter. I've, I've actually seen I don't have a problem happen. with body fluid. Well, I, I've, uh, actually seen, I've actually seen... 
You know what? I, I've actually seen it done in public. A girl step on a chair, put a foot on a table, rip her tampon out of her snatch, fully bloodied, like full, full, okay? Like one more ounce, and it would have been all over the place. Swing it like a bolo and throw it, and it hit the girl, slap, right in the face, okay? It is disgusting, okay? It is disgusting. I'm just saying, I I don't have a problem with body fluids. Uh, Last time I I wrestled Effie at a matter of pride, I told him to spit my mouth and let it drip into my mouth. I'm I'm vile. That's not blood. It's not blood. I love blood. shit. I love blood. And as as do I, but there's a time and a place for it. Yeah. Agree to disagree. Vaginal blood is a totally totally different thing. It's uter it's uterine blood. It it. Uh, we're gonna to agree to disagree uh, on this one, Jamie, sorry. and keep the I I do adore the girl. I like the girl. We've had her here. Her her and I had fun. Okay, things went really smoothly while she was here, and we do love her. But we don't have to love everything that she does, and I'm not loving it. It's not McDonald's for me. I'm not loving it. Take yep. this great. Um, now, Jamie, you are only 20 years old, and you've already made some of the biggest accomplishments out there out of anybody on the independents with matches uh, with the likes of um, numerous people that are big on the independents and a lot of women's wrestlers. Yeah, I... I... I never realized the list of people. Like, I guess it's because I'm close with all of them. But like, looking back, uh, when people actually tell me who I've wrestled, I'm like, "Are you serious? Like, that's actually so cool." Uh, let's see here. You were a part of CZW and Star, uh, trained by DJ Hyde. Um, you've had some notable. Um, Matches with Mia Young, Britt Baker, who was the newest signee to All Elite Wrestling, Lefisto, uh, Katie's favorite, Sue Young. Oh, I love me some Sue Young. <laughs> Dave Christ, and uh, a heck of a lot more. Yeah, I, I have a pretty impressive uh, list of opponents underneath me, including uh, when I wrestled Britt and the first time I wrestled Sue, that was actually at my. Uh, at my own shows that I was running, so that's pretty cool. I did not know you ran your own shows. Yeah, oh, wow. I run. Okay. Uh, I've actually Colby Carino and I this past uh, September ran our iconic birthday bash, and we had I, I had Daphne managing me. Oh, nice. Oh, that's that's awesome. She's she's had she's had a real rough go the last couple of years, so. Uh, Good for you in managing to include her. Yeah, and the cool thing is, uh, I know she has really bad health issues going on because of all the knocks to the head and stuff, but the ring is Ouch. so soft and safe at the sanctuary that she actually got to hit the lobotomy on Sue in that match. So it was really cool to give that to her. And not only mm-hmm. to give that to her, but to have that happen in my match because she's one of my favorite wrestlers as a child. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I, love like me, I love me some and I love me some Sue Young and <laughs> Rosemary sure sure damn well I'm gonna give it to her she's gonna get it she's gonna get some all over her <laughs> and I can't oh wait. yeah but I do uh, love Sue Young I love her gimmick I love I love her style I I adore her 
I really do. I think she's wonderful, and Rosemary has been working with her and has done sheer brilliance, as far as I can see and say. Um, well, I'm going to let Katie take over, because she's usually okay. the one that will start this okay. interview okay. off. Um, oh, I the with... oh, what? <laughs> yes. Well, already then. Okay, we'll put me on the spot. I can do it. put you on the spot again, Katie. That's okay. It's it's all good. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about your earlier years? Um, we can go as far as high school, like were you into sports um, or any type of athletics? And um, if not, who caught your eye on the wrestling scene when you first started watching? Um, I went to Schuylkill Valley High School in Leesport, Pennsylvania. Uh, I, that's always going to be a very important thing to me because I had such a rough school experience, and then I moved away to that school, and that's so refreshing. And I made so many good friends and just had such a pleasant, uh, pleasant experience there. So I just fell in love with that school, and my goal is to be in the Hall of Fame for that school one day. But uh, <laughs> excuse me. I played. Cheer, I was a cheerleader and I dove there. Uh, I was actually Excellent. one of the top three best divers in Berks County at the time, but that was cut short because uh, I was just going through some stuff. Gotcha. That's saying. That's saying something. That really is. Uh, now, what what made you get into wrestling? When did you get into wrestling? How early of an age? So, my dad used to have this girlfriend who had a name Brooke and I consider her my stepsister because it's just easier to say that but I thought she was the coolest person on the planet she's maybe five years older than me and she loved wrestling and I wanted to be just like her so I started liking wrestling and I couldn't really get into the guys just because I felt like I couldn't relate because I'm so uh, feminine and different but uh, <laughs> she showed me she showed me Trish versus Lita in the main event of Monday Night Raw and I was blown away. Oh, I bet. Trish and Lita, yeah, they give, they, they give a hell of a performance, so I can understand how you could be blown yeah. away. I grew up and I grew when up I look proud. back. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Sorry. When I, when I look what? back on, uh, I feel like I was destined to be in wrestling because there's always people my whole life trying to get me into wrestling, and it mm-hmm. never happened until I mm-hmm. found that match. Yeah, and, and um, honestly, if people don't ever, ever say anything wrong about male cheerleaders, that is some serious athleticism they are putting their bodies through, okay? So I can hey. understand how wrestling would be attractive to you, okay? Oh, yeah. My son, I, yeah, my son when he was a high school football player, the one of the, there was a male cheerleader on – his squad in the small town that uh, we were living in at the time. And so, yeah. and he was probably the most athletic of the entire squad. Damn right. Damn right. And um, to top that off, as a male cheerleader, uh, already being gay was already like getting, it was already like, nobody really ever bullied me out of my knowledge, but like, come on, you're gay and you're a cheerleader. Like, come on. So mm-hmm. I, that's, that gave me even more motivation, and I was one of the only people who could actually tumble and do gymnastics. So mm-hmm. everyone's opinion changed when we would be at football games and I would be doing handsprings down the field. Uh, and I, I was a back, too, so I took my backing skills and I brought that to wrestling, and now I can throw people and 
do all this Ooh. crazy stuff because people don't realize, like, when you're a cheerleader, you have That's to throw someone, like, 10, 12 feet in the air. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes 15. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And so and, the competitions are some serious. catch them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had a couple times where I've taken some nasty falls because some of our girls would be nervous to try something new, and they would fly over my head 10 feet backwards, and I would be the only person running, and I would dive and catch them. Oh. I'm not letting anyone yeah. get hurt. And that cheerleading uh, – that cheerleading – uh, thought process that I'm not letting my girls get hurt gave me I'm not letting my opponent get hurt. I might try to hurt them, but I'm yeah. not letting them get hurt. If that's not your job. Your job is to protect yeah. and keep them safe within the ring, as, as is their job. Oh, oh, honey, exactly. kudos to you. Kudos to you. You went in understanding. Some people don't, and they go in there yeah. without the understanding, and they're hurting people. Especially nowadays, yeah. like you're seeing it more and more oh, and yeah, more. Sure. So kudos, kudos to you. I was yeah. yeah. praise. But okay, besides Trish and Lita, was there anybody else at all for you? Um, when you first once I really started, once mm-hmm. I really started like watching and getting into it, that I started to like sky. Mm-hmm. It just took a little bit. But yeah. I really, really like. I loved the Hardy Boys. I always, I always related with Jeff Hardy just because my style, my whole life has been the way I am. Like fishnets on the arms, dyed mm-hmm. hair, mm-hmm. like I used to wear like trip pants to school. Like that was always me. So I oh, I could totally see what um, you were wearing. Totally see what you would wear. So you oh, and yeah. I would have gotten along because we would have been the uh, gothic gay boys of the school. Yeah, I loved it. Um, oh, I, I, and, and, and on the weekends, you could you could have came and stayed with me. I used to live above a golf club. You would have had a great time. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and I'm from Toronto, and I didn't live far from the gay village, so we could go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that. Here's what's so church. mind-blowing. Yeah. Here's what's so mind-blowing to me about, like, me in high school was, uh, I went to such a small high school, and it was uh, kind of in the middle of nowhere. So, like, a lot of people wearing the same outfit because my class couldn't fit more than, like, 200. And, right. Uh, and uh, yeah, everyone's yeah. wearing the same outfit. Very, like, there was a lot of just, like, not necessarily farmer's boys, but, like, a little bit of country in them, and they just, like, work out and play football. Like, it was pretty much those guys. So... Everyone would be wearing, like, Janssert book bags and wearing bands and, like, this. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I would show up with, like, fishnets on my arms and, like, four buckle 16 eyelet boots. And I was, like, mm-hmm. I wasn't, like, I was pretty popular for, it's so weird to me. I think I think it was almost endearing how much I accepted who I was to people. Well, well and that's a, that's a huge thing. I came out in high school. It wasn't easy. I guess they were they Doc Martens. No, these no. would have been these would have been big boots. Like, uh, uh, no, that's they're platform boots, is what they are. I know. Platform uh, boots. My, my my boots look like um, you know the boots that Ashton Masaru always wrestled in. Uh, the big no. ones with the she was my idol growing up, so okay, I okay, got okay. those boots because I wanted to be like her. Uh, yeah, I had some of those boots. Um, 
I, I wore the fishnets. I wore the gothic stuff. <laughs> I did my hair. I did my makeup. I did eyeliner. I did my nails. You know Everybody's like, yeah. takes, Do you know how long it takes to straighten naturally curly hair before hot, before the straight irons came out? And I didn't have an iron at home. And, and even if I did, nobody would have done it for me anyways because I love my curls. Oh, my God. Just to straighten my hair sometimes, an hour and a half to two. Oh, I believe it. Oh, Just I brush believe it. it. I... More product, brush, more product, brush, hair dryer, hair dryer, hair dryer, more product, up. Uh, <laughs> now, that's funny. Yeah. You guys you guys are straightening out your hair. In my day, we are using a what they called a hot comb to yeah. dry our hair and get a wave into it. Oh, yeah. I know what a hot comb is. I yeah. Um, uh, I used to wear like 12 wefts of extensions that went down to the to my yeah. ass, and I used to go to school with long ass hair. Yeah. Oh, I didn't have any problem with my hair. My hair was to my ass when I was five. So. Uh, I had long hair until I cut it. I wore it in ponytails. I'd wear pleather pants to school. Leather pants to yeah. school. Everybody'd be like, "Those don't breathe." Not for you to worry about. <laughs> if my crotch can't breathe, it's none of your business unless you want to sleep Literally. with me. Now shut up. Yeah, unless uh, your head is on I'm, my lap, fuck off. <laughs> I am from Illinois. Steve is from Illinois. Katie is from Toronto. Um, yeah. I grew up in Illinois, and it's kind of dead center Illinois. And we're like near Interstate. We're near Interstate 80, which runs east and west, and Interstate 39, which runs north and south. And you talk about getting picked on. Holy shit. I, I'm, a I, I, I'm a redhead with freckles and buck teeth. I know all about it, okay? I know all about it. No tits, no ass, no hips. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was a total target. Um, <laughs> but being the gay kid, being the openly gay kid freshman year, mm-hmm. I didn't go over too well. Um, and it actually... It actually, Jamie, drove me to the point of uh, having a mental breakdown where, like, two weeks after Virginia Tech was shot up, I I, I just went to my counselor and I said, I wish this whole place would engulf in flames. With anybody in it or without, I I don't care. I'm tired of being traumatized. I'm tired of being bullied. I'm tired of the teachers not doing anything. I'm tired of the principals not doing anything. I'm tired of having two gyms back-to-back and having shit thrown at me while I'm changing. Like, this was before gay marriage got the huge uh, overtaking that it would have. Obviously. um, This would have been uh, 04 to 07, somewhere in that time period. So the, the country was still anti-gay at the time. Uh, my, 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 my uncle and my cousin grew up in the late 60s and 70s, okay, being gay. So, trust me. It wasn't um, You know, and I it, remember... Go ahead. Uh, I remember my first day of school at the new school, I had long black hair covering my face. I was wearing a falling in reverse shirt. I had a rainbow stuff belt on, black skinny jeans, like big green Osiris sneakers. I was that kid. And I came in, and I really expected everyone to hate me, but I, like, made friends so fast, which was so mind-blowing to me. But um, but I just, I don't know. Like, there was obviously those people that did have something to say, but when they did, I always flipped out and made a scene. And if the teacher told me to sit down, I would tell them, 
you can't tell me to sit down because what just happened was a hate crime, and I'll put an end to it real quick. I flipped. I would. I was, like, calling kids the, the C word in school when they would say something. Like, people knew pretty much not to, like, touch me. I I was also I kind of too. like that. I, I didn't back down from anything. We had National Day of Silence here, and there was a boy I had a crush on uh, that they threw out of class uh, for not giving his oral speech on the National Day of Silence. And I said, look See, here. I could never do that. I said, look here. I said, I'm going to tell you something right now. Because I went up to Chicago almost every, well, not every weekend, but at least two weekends out of the month because I had friends up there. And Mm -hmm. I I got a hold of a woman that worked for an organization that helped people with HIV. And she gave me phone numbers. I had the phone number for every gay support organization in Chicago. I said, you really want to go rounds with me? I'll have them show up here in the morning with a news truck. Don't test me. I don't uh-huh. play. Yeah. It was I, the same I, thing. It was the same thing when I moved out of Toronto and into Mississauga, which is two and a half towns over, okay? And they're pretty white bread, pretty um, – they were still kind of skinheadish back then. And I didn't even care. I was, I was, I, I lived on the streets for seven years. I was off the streets for two months. And I decided one day it would be a good idea for me and my girlfriend. I'm bisexual, by the way. For me and my girlfriend to walk down the front hallway holding hands. Oh boy. And the school wouldn't do a goddamn thing for me. And I mean, like, I gave my child up at 17. And one girl looked at me and she goes, "Well." They don't. They don't let gays keep their children because they're all pedophiles. That's probably why you don't have yours anymore. Right in the middle uh-huh. of class. Right in the middle oh, of no class. I would have fucked up. Hold my hands. Hold my hands. Slam down on my desk, and I stood right up. I said, "Excuse me, Miss Thing." I said, "Really?" And I'm, and I'm. Oh my God! Just the things that came out of my mouth. You know, I'm wearing whole neck, and I'm tur- I'm turning on the stove about ready to put her face on it. Okay, and the teachers. Asking her to leave, telling to get, trying to get her to go to the officer. I'm like, ah, no, 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 no. I better leave because I'm about to kill her. I'm going to leave. So I get to the principal's office, and he pulls the sticks and stones bullshit with me. And I said, really, um, do you have kids? He's like, yeah, I have two sons and a daughter. I said, okay, and someone just called you a child molester. How are you feeling right now? And he says, I'm not feeling very good. And I said, you have a week to deal with this. Okay, or I'm going to deal with it. And he did, he did fuck all, so I dealt with it. Okay, and me and this girl, oh, my God, in the cafeteria, she's serving food, and her and I are going back and forth as she's serving me my food and as I'm walking back into the cafeteria. Okay, we're still yelling and screaming and losing it on each other every fucking day for two months, and nothing was fucking done about it until I did something about it. You know, it's just like everybody's sitting there going, Oh, we don't, we don't, we don't need any fucking dykes in our school. We don't need this. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, really? Seriously? She told you that's what this fight is about? No, honey. She called me a fucking pedophile. So everybody that was on her side, I mean, like, this happened at lunch. So anybody who was on lunch was there to see it. Everybody backed me, you know. And, and just as I'm bending my elbow, huh, the guy I was going out with at the time, him and the principal were running down, running down the hallway, separating us because I was about to kill her, and she was three times my size. So, yeah, I didn't put up with it. And after that, nothing, oh, my God, it, nothing got better. It just got worse. 
and just of course stop. it is. I, I will never forget And I didn't taking... give a fuck. I, didn't, I never gave a fuck, you know? I said, I walk right up to the bitch, go, right in her face. I'm just like, you know, I said, I said, honey, 10 minutes in a blindfold, you won't know the fucking difference. Now sit the fuck down. Um, you know? I will never forget taking um, one of my ex-boyfriends to the Sadie Hawkins dance here. He was oh, yeah. older than me. Uh, I was... So how would that work? Okay, who asked who? I asked him, but okay. he he I was seventeen turning eighteen and he was twenty. Mm-hmm. And my parents were okay because, with it, so no big deal. Yeah, uh it wasn't it wasn't a pedophile situation. Because right. the way I understand it, if it was you and me dating, I'd be asking you, correct? Am I right? Something something like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I always forget how that laugh. works, but anyway, yeah, I'll never forget what happened to me. They these bullies took a package of tampons, soaked them in red oh, food God. coloring, and oh, threw God. them all over our stuff. I mean, our stuff was covered in red food coloring. I went to the principal, and I said, what are we going to do about this? Well, there's nothing we can do. We can't prove who did it, and it's a dance. I said, so let me get this straight. You want me to take out everybody's head that's here? Yeah, right? Right? Oh yeah, and I know. I, I, know I had to, I I had to hold the boyfriend back because I swear to God, with him being twenty and being put through this shit up in Chicago, because he went he lived on a bad side of Chicago. I thought he was. Oh man, uh, I never went to another school dance after that. Never, no, never went it? to a football game, never went to anything school-related. I said, the only time mm-hmm. I'm going to that school is when I have class. And it got so bad, Jamie, that the classes, I knew I had teachers that wouldn't stand up for me. I skipped. I'd stay home. Yeah. Just to not deal with the bullshit anymore. Because I actually had the assistant principal's son. This was back when AOL was still popular. Um, he took my screen name and wrote a whole bunch of false chats and printed that out and took it to his dad, who was the the assistant principal, and they illegally strip-searched me for three days in a row. Oh? Um, Yeah. Oh, Oh you fucking... Oh, yeah, my that was God. that was when Mama came into the assistant principal's office and grabbed him by the throat and says, "You ever fucking undress my son without me here again? I got your ass with a lawsuit." And I you wish see, we would have sued him. You see, I here's wish we would have sued him. See, here's the thing: not only is my cousin a cop, my mom knows too many cops, and my my stepfather knows too many bikers, so none of that shit would have ever fucking happened to me. Let me tell you. I mean, and, I mean. Yeah, I'm my dad's a feared person on my block. Yeah, I'm. I'm a former street kid. I'm fucking dangerous, aren't I? So I'm surprised my, my that never happened to me. You wouldn't believe some of the stupid shit that I went through in high school, and I went to. I got sent to an alternative school. I had a oh, kid there tell me he. Uh, an alternative school is for children. With I know we have this too. Behavioral issues, uh, mental health issues. Understood. Put you in a safer environment so you can get your education and not have to worry about all the bullshit. Except they put me in the alternative school not knowing one of my former bullies was over there. And it took him walking up to me and saying, I fucked your mom last night for me to almost put him through a concrete wall. Like, don't know how I was going to put him through the concrete, but I would have found a way because I was that pissed. 
Oh, look, I watched my sister put put a girl into a locker without opening it, so anything's possible. Um, this is where I gained my nickname, Rage, because I I could fly off the handle. You, you faggot didn't get to me as much. I, I learned to let that go in one ear and out the other. Yeah. Some yeah. of the other things they call stuck like glue, and they you hurt. See, this fucking diesel guy never bothered me. It just didn't. Just didn't. No, words don't bother me because if you're taking time to calm them, I genuinely appreciate you. <laughs> I yeah, like your you, you thought of me enough to actually think of right. something, you know? <laughs> right. So, like, I when I was growing up, I idolized <laughs> Jeffrey Star, Daniel Hilton, and the Millionaires, and their biggest things were "Don't give a fuck till we die." So that's all I knew my whole life, and I'm so glad, even though they weren't necessarily the best uh, people for me to be watching at a young age, I'm glad I watched them because I literally could give a fuck less personal things about me now. Right. Well, and, you know, I, I've gotten better over it. Um, a lot of counseling. Obviously, with your mental health, you probably – Done some counseling as well, and we'll talk about that mm-hmm. here in a few seconds. So have I. Uh, um, you know, there are a lot of – we had a woman on last night that has is part of a stable that has a tag team that has a guy that's not openly gay and was told by promoters, don't let him come out. And I told her flat out, I said, if he doesn't come out to these promoters and they catch wind of it, he will lose his job. It is better to be proactive on this and come forward yeah. than to hide it and have something blow up in your face later. Because I've been yeah, there, I've done that. Yeah, um, yeah. It depends on it depends on the organization. Because I know of a woman because of the organization she was working it was church based, right? It was a drop in center, and there was no way that she, it, I mean everybody knew. We all knew. Of course we knew. Right? We all knew Ruth was gay, but there was nothing she could do about it just because of the time, you know. Just, it's still, it was still the early 90s, you know. This, it wasn't the 2000s, not at all, you know. I mean, and even in, even in, two, even in 1997, she still, like, she still couldn't come out to her coworkers. Everybody knew. Of course they knew, but she couldn't because it was Catholic day, right? Right. So you couldn't uh, do shit. So, Jamie, what have you dealt with? Being an openly gay wrestler on the independence. Um, I definitely have some things here or there. My few cents. Speak into the microphone. Uh, can you hear me? Can you yeah, hear me? we can hear you loud and clear now. Okay. My uh, for I've had a few stints here or there, but my first like big one was uh, I'm not gonna name because his name is really important. But I was at a wrestling convention in 2016. And he told me he was going to, or he told me to leave the convention because my lipstick was distracting everyone from his table. Now, I, was, I didn't even have my own table because I, I didn't work on conventions yet. I was sitting with Maria Manic taking pictures of her because she was my friend. Right. I was not bothering anybody. I, I will tell you what I had happen, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and name names because Steve Kane was there. He was not in the locker room when this was said to me, but he heard about it later. Steve, do you remember what happened with me and Spike Dudley? 
Oh. Oh, yikes, yeah. I don't. I go up. I go up to the locker room. I get invited into the locker room while after Spike gets done with his match and he's all dressed to take a picture. I walk up to him and take a, and ask for a picture, and I'm wearing fishnets. And he says, why would I want a picture with a faggot like you? Oh, no. Oh, my. Oh, my God. My brother was standing right there, and he looked at the promoter, and the promoter looked at him. My brother grabbed me, took me out of the room. Uh, never got an apology from Spike. Got my picture. Someone going to die. That's what... <laughs> they never brought him back. Never brought him back. And I will... Oh, you know damn well where I'm from. I am from Toronto where the queens run free, okay? Uh-uh. <laughs> that wouldn't even... That no, wouldn't even fly. thank you. It would no, not fly. I'm a promoter now. All. I won't book him. I, I I've had opportunities. Hey, I'm bringing in Spike Dudley. I can give him I can get him to you for a real good price. No, thank you. No, thank you. I don't I don't I don't put up with that kind of shit. The same way, if a wrestler walks into my locker room and calls me a faggot, they will be fired on the spot. It's a it's mm-hmm. not that they're name calling. It's a matter of respect. Just because it's, I'm yep. gay does not give you the it's right a, to go and poke fun and make jokes. No, it does not give anybody license to do anything. Right. Um, when I when I first started yeah. getting like when I first started getting more over with the crowd wearing makeup and stuff like at CZW mm-hmm. and it started working for me there, I went back to some of the places I used to work and I was told I wasn't allowed to work there unless I didn't wear makeup and I wasn't wearing the gear I was wearing. And I was like, okay. And then I showed up in makeup in that gear. And when it got over as all hell, when I wrestled said person who said that, they had absolutely nothing to say. That doesn't surprise me, Jamie. Um, that, that does not surprise me at all. Um, I'm going to tell – I told I shared my story with you, and I shared it a little bit last night. I am Illinois' only openly gay promoter. I have a health issue that does not allow me to wrestle anymore. I shared that with you uh, over mm-hmm. Messenger. Um, oh well. I don't put up. With, I don't put up with crap. Um, I've I've been doing this shit 16 years. I'm only 28 years old. I have been in this business longer than half of my life. I have right. seen the good and bad, and everything in between. Last night we exposed a wrestler that I had that worked for me in December of 2016 that. Uh, assaulted his wife and left some pretty bad bruises on her and put her in a hospital room. And I also outed a promoter that uh, thought it would be okay to for him and his wife to go around asking female members of their locker room for a threesome. Underage ones. Uh, not all of them were underage, but there there were some. Uh, at least and, one of them was. Yeah. And. And he sexually assaulted a woman that we had on last night. And um, mm-hmm. last night was a very controversial show. I don't, I, I'll be the first one to come on this podcast. I pay for this podcast. I'll be the first one to come on here and slam a promoter for not paying the boys. I'll be the first one. Uh, obviously, with the whole Priscilla Kelly thing, we agreed to disagree. I don't agree with it because I don't like Joey Ryan. I, I, I just... That's not my cup of tea when I go to a wrestling show. I was brought up on 90s wrestling. Um, I have a little bit more traditional view on it. And that's maybe for listening to so much of Jim Cornette 
that it's just been drilled in my head. But um, I think that there is a time and place for that. I think on on an adult show, and I believe that's what this was, it would get over. But the problem is you, we live in a viral age where everybody's got a cell phone. And everybody's cell phone has a camera on it to where things like this go viral and it makes the business look bad. It's not a good reflection of the business. And from a promoter's standpoint, if I'm a promoter trying to gain sponsors, that's going to detract sponsors away from me rather than make them want to spend money with me. And that's where I'm going to leave that. Uh, we, we, we outed the promoter that did the uh, Dudley Georgia show, Dudleyville Georgia show a couple years back that um, pretty much booked a whole bunch of legends, got them all down there and decided that he couldn't pay them. Um, we covered the hardcore road trip where guys got booked in Canada from the United States and then got stranded there. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not afraid to go and, and break that glass ceiling. And that's why I wanted this interview with you when I found out what happened and all of the struggles that you're going through because of it. Um, you know, th- being, a, being an openly gay wrestler in a mostly straight man's universe sucks. Um, because... You go to this promotion, and they're accepting of you. You go to a promotion down south, or the further you go in Illinois, no, that shit don't fly. Um, I have literally been in a locker room where they told me because I was gay, I could not dress with the other male wrestlers. No. Absolutely. That's not... I have no self-control when it comes to... But here's the thing. I respect anybody in wrestling, but the minute you disrespect my humanity and, like, me as a human being, it's over. It's over. Like, if you come in my sexuality, I'm coming at your entire life. <laughs> I love it. Um, but, uh, I love it. Uh, I'm going to tell you what I suffer from on a mental health level. I'll let Katie tell you, and then uh, you can tell us what you oh, suffer yeah. from. Uh, I'll go first. I have borderline personality disorder that has been diagnosed. They say I have narcissistic personality disorder. Um, I have a lot of personality disorders. I have bipolar. Um, I do suffer from depression. And some days are obviously better than others. Um, And I still do a lot of counseling. I believe counseling. there, There was a saying that was taught to me years ago. And it's called pills and skills. Now, not everybody that suffers from mental health has to be medicated. But the ones of us that do have to use our pills and our skills, our coping skills, our dialectical behavioral therapy skills, anything we can get our hands on. Because I've been dealing with mental health since about the age of 11. I've been in and out of hospitals, suicide attempts, all of that. Um... Being in the wrestling business has fucked with my mind even more. Like, take take away being bullied in school for being away and take away my sexual orientation. Some of the backstabbing savagery that has gone on in the wrestling business blows my mind. And and to think, 
to, to think that I'm still doing this shit after some of the shit I've been through makes most people think I'm crazy. But they don't know the addiction. Because Jamie knows this. Once you've got wrestling in your blood, that's it. It's there for life. You're done. You're done. It's there. Yeah. I can uh, say as much it's as a drug. Can. It's, it's true. a drug, and you got to have that fix. Yeah. Katie, go ahead and you. tell Jamie what you suffer from, and then well, we'll find out what he suffers from. Oh, well, with me, okay. I'm an evil ginger, red-headed child. Um... They thought I was bipolar, and then they looked into it further and decided I was borderline personality. I have massive travel anxiety and general anxiety as well. And, yeah, I'm a little agoraphobic, I guess you could say. Massive OCD, and I'm ADHD too, so that makes it a little more fun. Um, You know, they didn't – I was diagnosed – rather late because well I left home at seventeen and mental health in the in the seventies, eighties and nineties, you know you were basically hysterical and off to the hospital you went. And that's yeah. So nothing much was done with me. They did my sister my sister was my sister got to go got to go to the Clark Institute once or twice and a couple of hospital stays as well. But for me, no, I, no, I'm not depressed. I'm, I'm just lazy. No, I don't have, I don't have agoraphobia. I'm just lazy, and I don't want to, I don't want to work, and I don't want to go to school. So, goodbye to you. And off to the streets I went. So, again, from the ages of 17 to 24, nothing was done for me. Nothing. Absolutely fuck all. You know, and just. And once I once I got on on the right path with a good shrink and good well, she doesn't like to medicate me, so I'm on very little meds. I'm on enough meds. I'm not on. I'm not overly medicated. I'm not underly medicated. I'm just right, and I have a good support system. Um, my story isn't anywhere maybe near what the two of you have gone through, but yeah, it, it has been a struggle. It's still a daily struggle, and it always will be. That's what people that's that's what people don't realize is mental health is an ongoing daily mm-hmm. struggle. Some days yeah. are better than others. Um mm-hmm. but most of you know depression will and people don't believe in depression yeah. in twenty nineteen. Uh yeah, there yeah. are some that right. do but they don't they don't get it. Well why are you sad? You don't have a reason to be sad. You have all of this all of this going for you. They don't understand what it's like to be up and down that road, traveling on the road every weekend. Um, Back when I was traveling every weekend, I had a partner at the time. But I had a situation that happened, Jamie, with another male wrestler that I was working for. And he tried to rape my ex-boyfriend, and that put an end to that. Yep. And... Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. um, You know, it's... Unfortunately, this is what we have in this business, um, and I wish I could say that I've been to the East Coast and the West Coast and down South and up North to see where things are different, but I haven't. I know there things are different in every other region of the country, but here in Illinois, we have some of the most undermining, 
disgusting, vile human beings oh. running promotions um, and, and using guys that aren't trained and using unsafe rings. We heard about that last night. Poor guy mm-hmm. didn't even want to work in the ring. Poor woman, poor ring announcer wouldn't even step foot in this guy's ring, Jamie, because she thought if she stepped in it the wrong way, it would fall apart. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, Sean. Yeah. Don't beat around the bush. Don't beat around the bush. Tell us what you really think and feel. No, I, I'm serious. I, I don't put up with that. I, I believe if you're, if you're bringing in somebody to wrestle for you, at the very he least, didn't get the rich should be fixed. Uh, no, he didn't get it. It's okay. He didn't get All it. All right, never mind. Never mind. On we go. Onward and upward. Um, I don't know if you've ever worked in an unsafe ring, but I, I worked one show where the – I don't know who built this ring for the promoter. I don't know what he paid them. But when I got there and saw this ring, I told them you should be asking them to pay you to use it because it was a wooden frame ring. I knew we had two 300-plus pounders, if not more, booked on the show. And I'm sitting here going, I wonder how long this thing is going to stand. And it didn't take very long. The show started, and one guy spine-bustered the other guy, and one whole side of the entire frame completely split. And that was it. We're going to hold up the ring with center blocks. And I was the manager that night. They wanted me to bump. I said, I ain't bumping in that. I'll bump on the floor. Before I bump in that, and I did. I, you know, I don't, I don't think that promote. I, I don't feel that promoters should leave the ring outside. I don't feel promoters should have unclean canvases. I know you do a lot of deathmatch wrestling. You got to be careful with that, um, because obviously we live in a in a age that. You know, diseases still run rampant, and we just found out a couple years ago that Abdullah the Butcher lied to a guy and uh, purposely infected him with hepatitis C. Um, He's a good friend of mine now. Yeah. He's a good friend of mine now. Uh, He's from Canada. He wrestles under Hannibal. He runs uh, Great North Wrestling up there. And the guy won a lawsuit against Abdullah because he proved in a court of law that, yes, Abdullah – had hepatitis C and kept it from everybody. And I mean, this, this is the kind of stuff that goes on in the wrestling business. And it's sad because Mm -hmm. you are entrusting, you are entrusting your body in the hands of the promoter and whoever you're facing that night and the referee. Hopefully the referee isn't some green kid that doesn't know how to signal to the back when you get hurt. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, it, it's the way it is. I want to hear more about your story, though. I don't mean to be taking up so much of your airtime. That's just your show. Um, <laughs> um, it is. I have bipolar. Okay. Um, uh, my bipolar is very aggressive. Uh, and the, the crazy thing, like, a lot of uh, people close to me that experience bipolar uh, disorder, it's not like, Mine can happen in minutes. I can just have like ten different mood swings that are so quick and so so deep that it like I can go from super happy happy to laying floor crying uncontrollably, like extremely angry and back to happy in less than an hour. Ouch. Well, yeah, 
I've, I've, I've been it. there and I've been there and had that go go from being extremely happy and then all of a sudden the, the mania hits and you're pissed because you can't get anything done because the mania is running you so rampant that there's nothing you can do about it. Exactly. And there are different right. forms of mania that people don't understand. Uh, mm-hmm. One one form of ma- mania that I had to learn the hard way is called reckless spending. Um, you you can have mania if you're out there spending money on things that you know you shouldn't be. Um, yeah. I'm not talking about drugs. I'm talking about things that you know you can't afford or things like that. We're constantly thinking that there's an endless money tree outside, and it's always going to be there. Uh, you know, it's it's mania is rough. And they're just now starting to be able to treat the mania side of bipolar. They have been for the last couple of years, but there, there are new meds that are coming out that focus strictly on the mania outbursts. Right. Which I think is great. Um, the, the other thing that's going on with children is they're being misdiagnosed with – I was misdiagnosed with ADHD – and I had violent outbursts when I was a child. And that's part of it. The thing is, kids, at least here in the United States or in Illinois, kids under a certain age cannot be diagnosed with bipolar. You have to call it something else. And okay. I consider that to be bullshit because if it's bipolar, it's bipolar. Start treating it. Right. Don't, don't pussyfoot around. Treat the symptoms, treat what you can, um, but I don't agree with medicating these kids that are like under five years old. I, I think that I think that's wrong. Uh, their brains aren't fully developed. You're putting toxins into their brains that could potentially harm them later on in life. Um, yep. And a lot of people don't know too that a lot of these psychotropic drugs have a lot of side effects. I found that out uh, when I found out I had kidney disease. And I went, oh, man, what the hell did I get kidney disease from? And they're like, well, what meds have you been on? And I lined them up, I listed them off, and they said that would be enough to do it. And I said, Jesus. I said, this, yeah, this makes no, me want to stop. I, this makes me want to stop taking the shit, but it helps. And this is yeah. why, this is why some states have um, medically passed cannabis, and there are other alternatives to medicine now that there weren't before. I mean, thank God we're not in the 50s anymore where it was legal to do a lobotomy on somebody if they suffered from a mental health disease. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, I mean, uh, shock therapy, too. It's still you know, it. You, they still use it, but it's, it's mm-hmm. frowned upon a lot. It's not, yeah. it's not, it does work it, for some. Uh, it's it's not a common thing that you would see, you know, anybody that's watched American Horror Story Asylum, and yes, that is a TV show, but there's some truths mm-hmm. about it. That's the way those yeah. asylums were run back in the day. They didn't watched, care. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yep. Yeah. So, um, um, do you have anything else that you suffer from, Jamie? I have severe depression. Uh and I also have ADHD and Asperger's. So mm-hmm. when you put all of those things together, 
it's like a whirlwind inside of me with no escape. Which oddly enough, which oddly enough, the amazing but terrible business of wrestling is helping me get a grip on it, which is insane to even say because it's also taken me down it deeper than I've ever been. Yes, it'll do that because uh, you'll 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 meet people in the wrestling business that you, you think will be your lifelong friends, and they will be the first ones to line up and put the knife in your back. Had to learn that lesson uh, the hard way a couple times. Same. Uh, Good couple times. Um, um, you know, it. Go ahead. I have extreme anxiety. I have extreme I ha- anxiety so bad. I have social anxiety and travel anxiety. I do too. Wrestling has uh, wrestling is slowly helping me defeat my social anxiety, and my social skills have gotten almost doubled. If that makes sense, that they've almost doubled in getting better from wrestling. Uh, if this was four years ago when I was just starting, there's no way anyone would ever be able to get me on a podcast to do an interview and speak so clairvoyant and clear and actually be able to reiterate what I would say. I wouldn't even be able to focus on the sentence I'm saying because I'd be so anxious, and I'd just be sputtering out random things. Well, much love to you, honey, because you're not, you're not sputtering random stuff. Well, and, yeah, uh, and I don't know. I don't know if you're medicated. Medication helps for some, not all. I said that earlier. I am medicated. Uh, Katie's on some medication. Um, mm-hmm. It's not for everybody, folks. Not everybody with yeah. mental health has to has to take medicine. But it's there. I, Go ahead. I uh, I love and I I think it's great when it works for people. It has never worked for me. I've been on and off the medication since I was in my. Sixth or seventh grade. Wow. And it's like oh, the wow. side effects. The side effects are so bad. I've been on every medication there is. Um, if it's not me lashing out in pure anger and a fit of rage, wanting to fight everyone, it's me mm-hmm. not speaking at all or eating, and I will get bone skinny. No, that's not good. Yeah. No, we can't. We can't so, have that. Well, and I, you're one of the people that doesn't have to be medicated. Um, I've gone off my meds before, but I had I, I had relapses in my mental health that forced me back on medication. Hopefully, someday I can eliminate some of these. Uh, mm-hmm. I take ones to help me sleep because uh, I'm a victim of a pretty bad sexual assault, and it's given me some pretty horrible flashbacks that come around time and time again in nightmares. I don't know. And, I know what that's like. And when you, like. and when you get one like. of those. When you get one of those, it makes it hard to sleep. I am on. I just started a new medication yeah, to replace one gonna, of my old medications. I was about uh, to say that um, Becca, Becca's on a really good nightmare med. If yours doesn't work, let me know. But yeah, um, I mean, I have I have panic and anxiety attacks in my sleep. Okay. Same. Plus the flashback dreams. You know, yep. it's, it's uh, evil shit. So yeah, that's I why I'm never. <laughs> I've never experienced like any uh, form of abuse like that. It's I've experienced verbal abuse, but nothing mm-hmm. physical. But when I debuted for WSU back in 2016, I was driving 
through Brooklyn to get home because I live in Pennsylvania and I had to drive my tag team partners home. And I crossed the Verrazano Bridge and I drove up the guardrail. I fell asleep on the wheel and flipped my car four times and landed upside down on the Staten Island Expressway with my convertible oh. top down. Oh, oh my God. God. Well, hopefully so you didn't I, suffer any uh, serious injuries. I came out untouched. Uh, wow. Not a scratch. Not even a scratch. Oh, uh, I remember. I was awake the whole. I remember every single detail of the accident. I remember when I landed upside down. I had to unbuckle myself and fall to the ground. Mm-hmm. And not only was it just me, but my tag team partner Eddie McQueen was in the car too. Yeah, right. He he had uh, his lips swell up a lot because something flew and hit him in the face. But I, at first, I, God, God, thank you so much it didn't happen. I thought he was dead because he was so okay. shook that he wasn't moving. And I unbuckled him and pushed him out of the car, and we just cried. It was the worst experience that ever happened to me. It was very uh, m- mind-boggling and eye-opening. And uh, also right now, I'm going to, just because we're on the subject, shout out to the, uh, the Buffalo Brothers because those are my close friends that were just in a – accident as well and I know they're going yes. through the same thing and I told them mm-hmm. I've been there so they need to talk I get it I was uh, I, I don't drive myself and I'll tell you why I was, in, a car, I was in two car accidents one as a child uh, and one in my adult years so one as a child we were in the middle of a pretty busy street and my dad's axle on his car went out and the car started yeah. The car started to turn, and it couldn't be controlled. And I thought, oh, God, this is going to be the end. Uh, The second time. My sister, when it happened to my sister, it happened on ice. Going up. I was getting to that. The second one, my friend and I were coming back from the next town over and hit a patch of black ice in a little cracker box car. And the car rolled three times. And when the car started to roll, I grabbed the oh, shit handle and started to pray and Thank God for my lucky stars. I texted my mom and told her I loved her um, and thought that was it. Somehow, unbeknownst to me, even though that car ended up totaled, him and I walked out of there without a bruise, without a scratch, without a broken bone, any whiplash, nothing. Yeah. Emotional damage. Emotional damage, yeah. That was enough to fuck me in the head to say I'm never driving. Like, well, yeah. mine was mine's pretty simple. Mine's a lot simpler than both of yours put together. I hit a fucking deer. I'm not driving. Nope. <laughs> I hit a deer. Nope. Uh, it lived. It ran I'm, away into the forest. It lived, but no, that traumatized me. Nope. I remember while I was upside down, I was holding under the steering wheel, or no, I wasn't actually. I was covering my face and I was yelling, "Oh God, please no." And uh, I remember coming out untouched, and um, it's it's the worst feeling because like a lot of my friends they want to drive like complete douchebags, and when I flip out or I freak out or I'm like you need to let me drive, they're like why? And I'm like you know why? They they just think it's like can't happen to them and that it just like it doesn't matter. And I'm like are you like do you understand that I my head was six inches away from being a an exploded watermelon on a fucking highway. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that, I, you know, 
it's uh, it's why I don't drive. Um, I still travel, still take bookings, but I I pay somebody else to drive me to, to and from my bookings because I ain't doing it. I've got enough mental health problems. I watch the way some of the people around my town drive. That is enough anxiety for me to make me never want to drive. I just, Here's the weird I, thing for me. You would think that made me not want to drive, but I think it affected me bad on my behalf, but because I fell asleep and I I think that it was like, a, I still know I'm a good driver. I was just so exhausted and my car was stick shift and I was so young. I didn't think to stop and take a nap if I had to. And Eddie didn't know how to drive stick shift. And, uh, and where am I going with this? My memory's pretty much shot. Thank you, Rockland. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, it almost, I feel worse for Eddie being a, I'm the worst passenger now because I instantly put myself in Eddie's shoes. Oh. And how is Eddie now? With everything. Eddie and I Eddie and I actually we were not friends at all after that for the longest time, but we have gotten over it and actually out of Matter of Pride volume four, we rode together through Brooklyn over the Verisano Bridge again around the same time at night and we drove oh, where we flipped and uh and we were just like, Wow, like it was it was almost it was a special moment because Eddie and I never I never thought we were going to have a friendship again after that. So the fact that we worked through it and became good friends and, uh, man, we were really, really beefing. And uh, the fact that we became good friends and we had that moment, because that was a huge moment for me, not only because I have travel anxiety, but really bad in New York now. Mm-hmm. Travel so I know what my was. first, that was my first time in three years driving through, um, driving through Brooklyn and I was terrified. So the fact that I did it with Eddie and that we came out okay was a very, very, very huge step. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Uh I'll be right back. I have to empty my Jim Cornette size bladder and I'll let Steve Kane explain to you what that means <laughs> from our good friend Kenny Bolin. Oh look, I I can do it actually. Um Kenny Go right Kenny Bolin Kenny Bullen and Jim Jimmy Cornette is I'm not sure which one doesn't like to fly. I do believe it's Jim Cornette who doesn't like to fly. So they were driving and Jim Cornette would sip a nice tea the whole way and every 20 minutes he had to pull the car, car over because old poor old Jimmy had to be. So yeah. yeah. Well, in this oh. case they didn't Sean have to no fly anyway because it was from Louisville to Memphis, so it was just a couple hours drive. I would have been like, but, fuck you. I'd be like, fuck you, here's a bottle, pee. Literally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Literally. Believe me. Kenny got, got home. He took about a 20-minute nap, and the first person that he calls to gripe for about 45 minutes about Jim Cornette was yours truly. <laughs> I was literally the first person he called after he woke up, after after he finally got home. That fucking guy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I have a Jim Cornette sized bladder sometimes. It's because of my kidney disease. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't want to. Um, it's it's uh, they've repaired themselves, thank God, because when I first found out I had it, they were like, 
you're on stage two on the verge of stage three. I was like, oh, fuck me. And then I went back to the doctor recently, and he's like, no, I don't need to see you any more than once a year. Like, your kidneys repaired yourself. I was like, well, thank God. Um, You you know, there are a lot of people in the wrestling business that think uh, gay men or women have no business, but records are being set. Boundaries are being broken. Yeah. Uh, Darren Young really opened the door on that one, especially with WWE, because let's face it, Pat Patterson was a gay man. They let Pat be Pat. They kind of shoveled that under the rug. Yeah, they did. Because I I didn't know. You guys laughed your balls. You guys laughed your balls off for five minutes straight that I didn't know that Pat Patterson was gay. Okay? uh, I... I don't know that we'll ever I mean, it see an, an inside joke for many years in the commentary, but yeah, unless unless you were in a joke, you didn't you didn't know what was I going on, sure. right? And the thing about it is this: I don't know that WWE, while Vince is still alive, will see an openly gay character. There I don't have know. I don't. I don't see it. I it's the start of the new era, but I think it's going to be a long time yet. Uh, I'd have to agree. I, I would have to agree because the, but I think companies like All Elite Wrestling are going to blow the second. door open with gay wrestlers, and, yeah. and I, 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 they, I hate what didn't they kind of, didn't they kind of sort of try and do a gay storyline with Adrian Adonis, wasn't he, you know, yes, that's what yes, they I did. always felt. They did, but, then, but, but, you know, so remember, at that point, what they he did, tried to say the model did though, with, with him, mm-hmm. yeah, see, but, but at that point, because he was on the downside of his career at that point, he'd ballooned up to 360, 370 pounds, mm-hmm. so they, they turned him into the, Stereotypical effeminate uh, gay man, and that yeah. with the with now uh, I mean they put him in moo-moos and yep. everything oh, yeah. you know everything Terrible you know, I mean right exactly I mean they did they did Adrian Street only more limp wristed than Adrian yes. Street yes um, now there was Billy and Chuck. Um, Billy and Chucky. I didn't see that as a really big opening the door romance. for gay wrestlers. Uh, no, that was a bromance. That was a bromance, and it was their way to make poke fun at the gay community uh, while the country was still against gay rights. Um, I think now, the one that we all forget about that was swept under the door was Cassandra uh, was in TNA for a little bit. Who was that? Cassandra El Exotico when he was in the knockout oh, for a little yes, bit. Yes, yes. Wow, I had totally forgotten about that until you brought it up. El Exotico. Mm-hmm. Even I know who that is. Um, Even I know who that is. You know, they... Yeah. Obviously, and then got, and now we have Dalton Castle. Yes, we have Dalton Castle. I was one of the boys for Dalton Castle. Nice. Really, really, really? 
Oh yeah, my, my cousin God. Jared and I did it. Oh my God, I want to touch you. Uh, <laughs> I was supposed, I was supposed to do it in like my first year in wrestling, and uh, the other guy was going to do it who looked like me didn't show up, and my cousin Jared was there, and he looked just like me, so I was like, he would never did anything with wrestling, and I said to the promoter, I have someone who looked exactly like me. We're going to do this right here. He said, throw him in the skirt. <laughs> Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, I think what's going on, and of course, Triple A, two guys with with all the uh, uh, exotical uh, characters and that. Right. Um, And and those, and and they are probably the most over guys on the whole Triple A roster, which is, which is, you know, Really, when you sit there and you think about it, that's really kind of shocking in a way. Yes. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. Now, because, I, I mean, I think, I think with the whole shift uh, that we had with Obama in office for gay rights, um, we saw things like the Babbler Club. We saw the creation of a uh, uh, Facebook group uh, called LGBTQ Wrestling Fans. I haven't seen anything from them in a while. That that group. Yeah. What about that group, Jay? That's all. That group. Okay. Uh, All right. I have had some. I I had one of the. I had the admin and his husband come out to my last show in June, of 2017. Uh, They bought front row tickets, and they were as nice as could be, and. I tell you what, there is a huge gay community of wrestling fans, and oh, a lot of these, huge. a lot of people, or promoters, don't want to be an ally of gay rights, and they don't know oh. that that <laughs> gay money is greener than straight money. Oh, hey man, hey, they still got gay lawyers and, and gay doctors and dentists and and accountants well, and. Yeah. Go ahead, Jamie. Here's what's uh, blowing my mind is some of uh, my fellow uh, LGBT wrestlers don't want to be considered an exotico. And that's up to them. I, I, I mean, for the ones that do work that little more style towards that way, I think that is such an amazing term to be used, to be called, because it's setting me apart and making me different. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, I get really annoyed when people talk down on the term diva and the terms knockouts. And like, we love that there are women superstars and stuff, but that everything different and made it more special. Like, I don't know if that makes sense or not. Maybe that's just a gay boy me who loves scantily clad women. But like, uh, <laughs> the, the term diva made it so special. I, I know it took it to a realm of unrealistic. Obviously, they had to fall through with the word and keep it that way, but it just made it so much different. Um, it was a different time. Now, now the gears have shifted again, and there's there's been an evolution in women's wrestling, and they want to, they don't want to be called divas, and yeah. that, that's fine. Um, I'm all for kidding. that. Um, I think I think they I think a lot of the women's wrestlers thought that the term diva was derogatory. Because uh, yeah. they made well, it a sexual thing. Well, exactly. It's, it's, I mean, look it's at, more look than that. A woman, a woman being a diva. Were. Okay? 
a woman being a diva is a woman basically acting, acting out, being hysterical, being uppity, being self-entitled. Um, yeah, the, but I'm better I than think, you. Attitude. Go ahead, Jamie. Like, I think what the I think where the double standard is. Yes, I agree, and that is what the term means. But when mm-hmm. I think of a performer being called a diva, I'm thinking of like Lady Gaga, Britney Spears, Beyonce, and these people who mm-hmm. put on these incredible yes. shows who are amazing, beyond the point of completion, amazing, beautiful. Like that, to me, when I think diva, I'm thinking of those girls. I'm not thinking of, like, when people are like, oh, you're such a diva, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> They know. I'm going to show my age here. When you say diva, I think of Beverly Sills. And it's dead silence because not a one of you know who I'm referring to. That's because you're the oldest one in the room, old man. Well, if you give me a few hints, I might be able to figure it out. Come on now. Well, okay. All right. Uh-huh. Okay, I got it. All right. Now, well, if we're moving past the term diva, I'll take it off the girl's hands and use it for myself because I do. Yeah, but you're better than the punk rock queen. You're better as the punk rock queen. I am the punk rock princess. I will take myself and I will put myself under the word diva. <laughs> I'm a diva, but I'm still the punk rock queen because the character's a diva. I grew up idolizing divas. And. I know there obviously were times where the matches weren't good, but I can pick out a hell of a lot of good matches. And you can take the matches that weren't that good that everyone throws away and find shit in there that you can use now and make better that people go nuts for. Yep. I'm just saying, Tori Wilson gave Candice Michelle a turnbuckle powerbomb in one of those paddle on the pole matches. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, what made you get into the deathmatch wrestling? Because when you think of a gay man, they want to be pretty. They want to be cute all their life. I, yeah, you know, that's my uncle. <laughs> you, obviously, obviously uh, you know, the gay society's definition of a gay man is not a man with scars all over his forehead from blading right. so much. Um, well, I, I've actually never done deathmatch wrestling. I do hardcore. I want to open the door for deathmatch wrestling, but I have a, I have a standard that I would like to – not a standard, but if I do deathmatch wrestling, I'm, there's only two people I want to do it with. But uh, okay. I, I'm really down for super hardcore wrestling. Like, I'm so down to, like, get jumped off of, like, 20-foot balconies through doors and – get chairs in my head and stuff because my dad growing up my dad growing up was a biker and he always did dumb shit and he was always breaking stuff over his head and impressing his boys or he would make us laugh by punching the wall and just doing stupid shit so that's that's in me i'm a blockhead so i'm down but i am down for a death match it's just if it's not with sue young or maria manic it's not happening come on man put rosemary in there too (laughs) <laughs> I'm Rosemary. Oh yeah, Tessa. <laughs> um, now you have wrestled a lot of females. Um, now that you've kind of older and you and we've got the WWE network that has come out, have you gone back and viewed any of the girls like Sherry Martell or Medusa or anybody like that? 
Oh, yes. Oh, of course. Um, actually, I've been going back even a little further. Uh, Daphne had pointed me to Princess Victoria, and she okay. showed me Princess Victoria versus Judy Martin, and that was really good. So Ooh. I'm really, I'm really going back. And, there you go. Uh, uh, I really like people Great are like pulling out stuff. these old spots from back then that no one remembers because it's so long ago, and then it goes insane. Yes. Well, and you know, there um, you go. Now, that's my era: Princess Victoria, Judy Martin. That's, oh, that. uh, that's some classic women's wrestling right there. And then, you know, the '90s came along, and that's when I grew up. So we had we had Medusa go to Alondra Blaze, and we had Bull Nakano, and oh my God, some of the shit that those. I two love did. Bull. Wait, at least she has oh, female wrestlers. I actually think. <laughs> One of my favorite matches off the top of my head is uh, Alundra Blaze versus Bulmacano when they were in Sturgis at the bike Oh, that would have been from WCW days. That yeah. was not a WWF yeah. match. That was the WCW match that everybody shit all over that a lot of people like you and me thought was good because it did tell a story. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was so good. My dad and I have never really bonded over wrestling because my dad was always into, like, the big dudes, and I've always been into the girls or intergender. There's really, like, that's the only things that really intrigue me. Cruiserweights are amazing, and I love cruiserweights, but it's always been the women. It's the gay boy in me. But, uh, yes. But uh, that match, my dad and I just recently bonded over because it was at Sturgis, and my dad used to go to Sturgis around that time. So oh. that match was special to me. I know Sturgis, of course. All right. Well, this is we we've done the serious part of the show. Now we're gonna sit back and have some fun. You've been doing this for four or five years. Tell us some of your favorite road stories and ribs. Um, first off, White Heart, that girl who said she was gonna stab me in the face, just now stabbed me on Twitter and said, "LOL, grow dick or cut yours off, then we can play." Wow. And then stopped me, so I can't even respond. Oh, I wow. hate that. Oh, man. Block it. Now, okay. uh, we got to get to this. And we've, got, we, we've got 18 minutes left. Uh, talk to us about your photos being leaked. Photos? Okay. So, yes, my nude pictures were leaked. Oh, damn. Um, I actually am fortunate enough that it didn't go any larger than what it is, and a lot of people haven't seen it, but it's still unsettling to me. Yes. So I was playing with my best friend, St. Sinclair, who wrestles in California. We were playing 2K, and we were, like, fantasy booking and being stupid, and uh, I got a text from my friend Caitlin from high school, and it was a Twitter link, and I just thought it was maybe a dumb video or something, so I didn't check it right away. And uh, and my friend Billy Dixon from Virginia called me, and he said, girl, I love you, but, like, please don't flip out. I got to tell you this. I said, what is it? He said, your nudes leaked. I instantly started crying. I, I felt, like, terrified, first off. I know who did it. I'm just I, – when everyone asks, I leave it nameless because I'm handling it myself. That's fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, sorry, I'm just really shook that Ava Whiteheart just messaged me, so I'm pretty curious. No, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, the but, people um, like that, 
No worries, honey. People like that don't have a place in the wrestling business. And this is this is what this show is all about is is making people aware that this kind of unacceptable low level of tolerance will not be accepted in the wrestling business in 2019. And here's the thing, like I'm really nice to everyone and I just want to be friends with everyone. Um so like why you gotta pick me, girl? Because no matter where you go now, you're done. Like everyone knows me and everyone loves me. Like, like somebody's gonna bitch you the hell out. Um. Now, photos being leaked sucks. Uh, it's happened a lot over the past couple of years. People's photo, famous people's photos have been leaked. Uh, let's not, let's not all forget about. Uh, you know, what kept Hulk Hogan out of the WWE for almost four years? Yes. Um, um, this, this is the kind of thing that is going on, and this is why I think the invention of the cell phone is great. But I think in the wrong hands, it's a very dangerous weapon. Um, I'm going to say this. Go ahead. A lot of these people that have this happen to them, they want to take the back seat. Not, I mean, obviously that is a very huge deal, and you feel like you can't trust anyone. Your innocence is taken away. I don't want to be silent because I want to. That's a warrior in me. That's the gay boy in me who's had to hear it my whole life. I'm not being silent. I'm going to stand up for what I know is right. Don't go play fucking personal shit. I'm not a sexual person, so when I feel comfortable with you, don't you ever fucking abuse it. You posted my shit. Um, these girls are going silent. These men are going silent. Social media is being deleted. It doesn't have to be like that. It's going to blow over. A lot of my friends haven't even seen it. The only reason why I'm making it so big is because I'm speaking out on it because it's fucking wrong and no one else is. Well, and, and we don't agree with it either. That's why I let, I, when you said you wanted podcasts as an openly gay promoter and an openly gay man myself – uh, I, I don't go for that kind of thing. Uh, it's one thing if you have a past history in the pornography business and your photos got leaked because that's happened to some of the boys, but that's not the case here. These were private photos that you entrusted somebody with that turn around and just, oh, we're going to leak Jamie's photos. It's kind of like what happened to me, yeah. and, I, and I'm, I'm going to admit to this again, and if you've got a problem with it, you can come to me directly and, and tell me how I have no place in the wrestling business, even though I'm no longer wrestling. Um, I am probably one of the open, only openly gay men to admit that I have HIV and am still in the wrestling business. I just don't actively wrestle. I hardly ever manage. I don't bump. I know the risks. I know that everybody doesn't know uh, what HIV means in 2019. It's not the same thing as it meant in the 80s when, when it run rapid. But um, I have been fired from promotions as an announcer because of intolerance because of this. And I have had, I've had this leaked through locker rooms probably throughout the country, I'm sure. I don't care what people think. I have paid my dues in this business and I am not leaving this business. And I don't feel that I have to leave this business. I still have something to right. offer the wrestling business outside of putting my body on the line night after night. Um, I don't not to think. Mention you're undetectable. 
Yes, I am undetectable. Yeah. Have been for years. Nobody understands in 2019 that undetectable means untransmittable. Um, and the CDC has come out and said that. So um, is HIV st- something that, you know, straight people still worry about? Of course it is. But people have to realize it's not just something that runs rampant in the gay community. There are tons of straight people that get this disease, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. Everyone wants to say it's 2018 and 2019, but I don't know what that means because I'm still here getting threatened to be stabbed in the face for being gay. Um, obviously, some people are still people like shit. People don't want to inform themselves about things and learn. It's still very close-minded to me, as far as I'm concerned. Until there's a gay man in the WWE, I'm, it's 2019 is not a motherfucking excuse uh, for me because we have a lot of... Well, and you and I both know this to be true, Jamie, and we are none, nobody on this podcast is a Trump supporter. What Trump is doing to gay rights nope. is going to set the gay rights movement back in this country by about 50 years. Yep. And it's scary. I'm with, I'm with that representative. Impeach the mother. It's, it's scary to imagine that this is the kind of intolerance that is happening. And now we have a rise up again of the Aryan Brotherhood and things of that Ooh. nature. And and the KKK is back. Well, the KKK never left to begin with, but they're back. Yeah. And it's it's scary. Okay. Overly. I I will go into certain towns and be afraid of what's going to be said to me because yeah. it this is what we deal with in 2019 still. Uh, yes, gay people have gotten gay marriage. Not everywhere, but mostly everywhere. But the fight is not over. We don't have equal rights yet. We We don't have the same rights as straight people. We are not treated the same as straight people. There is still discrimination going on in 2019. There are still hate crimes going on. There's still gay bashing going on in schools. I just read an article online today uh, about Illinois schools. 80% of gay teens in high school are still experiencing bullying for being gay. 80%. That number blew my mind. Blew my freaking mind. I said, oh, my God. I mean, yeah. and, I, I, and I thought that, you know, I think schools have gotten better, some, about protecting people that are gay, but it's, it's still a, a long way off from where it needs to be. And, you know, we, we've got people in this country that want to say that they're fighting for our rights, and fighting for our freedom, and I'm not talking about branches of the military or any of that. We know that. I'm talking. I'm talking about our state representatives. I'm talking about our congressmen. I'm talking about governors and mayors that are allowing this kind of thing to happen in their states, in their towns. It's sad. It's truly sad. I, I, sickening. It is sickening. Yeah. <clears throat> When I was in 2013, I posted a video. It was very controversial on YouTube, saying, basically stating that I don't feel 
the right to do certain things and stick up for certain people because I cannot get married in this company or in this country. I don't. I didn't at the time feel like I could fight for our country if I would get drafted because I can't even get married. Right. And that's very controversial. And I'm probably going to get a lot of heat for saying that. But no, no, I didn't. Here. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be drafted and fight for the country if I couldn't get married in it and be myself. So I posted this long video, and I actually got it. It was taken down. And I don't remember when I clicked on it, it was taken down, but it said something about the government when when the notification came that it was taken down. What that means, I don't know, but I've always stood up for what I felt, and uh, I agree. Everything is going even worse than it was. I haven't experienced as much. The last few things are just kind of racking up point after point after point. Uh, the last year, a year to to right now, everything's been happening. The threats, get stabbed in the, excuse me, to get stabbed in the face, all this dumb shit is happening now. And it's frightening to me. There's so much hate. There still, there still is. There is still a lot of hate towards the gay oh, community. There's still a lot of hate here too. You know, we just, you know, we just caught the guy that killed 12 gay people. All right. Was that from Grinder? Um, Toronto. No, what I mean was that based off the app Grinder? No. No. Because that's happened here in the states too. We had a guy that went on Grinder and killed a whole bunch of gay guys and robbed no, them. Oh, he was just straight up. You, you gotta understand, we we have a huge gay community. Okay, we hosted World Pride. We, you know, we, yeah, there's no problems going there, but. You know, you go to a gay bar, you meet up, you meet up with a gay man, and off you go. You know, and that's what was going on. I and mean, he was a landscaper, and he was storing the bodies in those huge, huge, huge flower pots. It was like the really big ones that you see in front of banks and shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was store, and plus, on on one of his properties, you know, they just it, it was bad. It was bad in the gay community, and, and there was a lot of fear in the gay community. You know, and Back in 95, when there was uh, Marco De Palma, um, he murdered he murdered three gay people in a, in a long weekend. One of them was who I like to call my son. And, you know, it we've gotten a lot better, but this guy here, he was a gay man murdering his own. You know? And yeah, well, that's, that's somebody, not the first time that happened. I mean, and what happened... He, and, and the only way he was caught, Sean, doing, oh my God, it was it was horrific. Somebody, you know, heard some some strange noise come from somebody's apartment after after a, a, a young gay male had gone home with this this landscaper and called the police. And when the police got there, he was already already had him tied to a bed, ready to do whatever his deal was. So yeah. I mean, we we still going through the court system right now. I mean, we have to remember, and I don't know if any of you watched it, but we have to remember what happened to Gianni Versace. Yeah, exactly. Of course, Um, I I haven't watched it, but I I know I know what happened. Okay, of course I I know exactly all about that. Um, it's 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 scary, and it's even scarier. Right now, to be a gay man in the United States with a person like Trump 
bleeding the office and, and wanting to strip gay people of everything. Yeah, well, right. Doug Ford is our premier, you know, he's trying to put us back in the dark ages. Um, our sex education curriculum included transgender and all the, the, the whole entire LGBTQ, okay? And all of a sudden that wasn't good enough for Mr. Doug Ford, so he set us back to the 1992 curriculum where there's nothing but hetero shit, okay? It's all heterosexual crap. There's, I mean, and a lot of teachers are are really getting pissed off about it. It's gone to court now, and teachers are being threatened with teaching it. If they got, get caught teaching it, they're going to lose their jobs and everything else. You know, and it's just like, fuck. <clears throat> well, Jamie, do you have any bookings coming up this weekend? This weekend, I'm hosting the Jamie Senegal Open Challenge at a... Honey- PWX Pure. Thank you. Uh, I have the Jamie Senegal Open Challenge at PWX Pure in Charlotte, North Carolina. Excellent. Um, so that will be super fun. Um, a lot of my bookings are picking up more in uh, February because I'm I decided to take a little bit of time just to reinvent, get my back on my feet after the New Year and the holidays, but. Uh, I have two bookings on February 16th, one in Tampa, Florida for GCW 420 Wrestling, and later that day in Newport Ritchie for Pro Wrestling, and February 2nd, I am at Phoenix Pro in Altoona, PA. Nice. Very good. And I saw you're coming to Death Proof Wrestling, which is going to be holding an event in March in Canada. Oh, you're yes, coming to Death Proof? Yes, I am. Oh, my. When, 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 when? Because all I have to do is talk, talk to Rob or Bernie, and I can get tickets. No problem. Uh, <laughs> I believe it's the March 17th. Oh, man. Just, yeah, just let me know. If I can't go, I, I'll still f- figure out a way to meet up with you, honey. Okay, awesome. <laughs> um. And I, I and, uh, not, Steve, Steve, Steve knows that I've uh, we can expressed do. about bringing you in to Illinois. We just have to work out the travel details because air flights aren't cheap. Right. Um, and I don't want to make you drive in because Pennsylvania to here is a long ass trip. Oh, yeah, that's a trip yeah. and a half. Yeah, that's um, a trip ski yeah. and a half. <laughs> um, I'd like to thank you very much, Jamie, and I'm sorry again that I offended you at the beginning of the night. I didn't mean to. I didn't realize you suffered from Asperger's. <coughs> it's okay. It's okay. I'm, I uh, just want to put that out there. I'm sorry if I came off a little crazy. But... Oh, no, 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 no. I can't stand the word, so <laughs> it's all good. Um, I want to thank you for coming on tonight and being brave enough to share your story with us. I want to Absolutely. let you know that you could – you can save this number and call in on Monday or Tuesday night on any time you have something pop up with somebody wanting to stab you in the face or another controversial matter. Uh, you can call in and we'll, we'll discuss or it. Or just for the heck of it. Or just for the heck of it. Hang. Yeah, come in and hang. We I'm, have that too. I'm always down just to chat. I have a big mouth, so. Um, <laughs> we do this every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. And we do it every Tuesday night at 9 o'clock Central Standard Time. Tuesday night is usually our uh, SmackDown Raw and news review show. 
And uh, guys, uh, we're not running an after party tonight. I think what we will do is we will come up with something. Maybe Steve and I will do it this weekend to talk about AEW because that is still fresh on everybody's brain. And we definitely have some things to discuss about that. We do have a pay-per-view this Saturday afternoon. And it's the UK TakeOver Blackpool. Yeah, you don't want to miss that. That's some good shit. Yep. Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Live. All right. Well, uh, guys, say thank you to Jamie. I already have. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you very much, Jamie. Thank much you, my darling. Thank uh, you, guys. That was a lot off my chest, so thank you times a million. You did great. Uh, I know yeah. you were a little yeah. bit nervous and, uh, you know, it's you were having some symptoms earlier on, but you, you pulled through this. Um, I want to thank you. And from everybody here at this radio network, Steve, myself, and Katie, uh, we love and support you. Uh, I've been oh, a follower nice. for a while now. Um, and we've, we've had some private conversations prior to what happened to you. Um, love and support you. And keep doing what you're doing. Keep your head up. And anytime you need this airspace, as my good friend Chet Kothic would say, your dime, your dance floor, my friend. Yeah, come take it. Oh, I love you guys. I'll dance with you. Hey. <laughs> there you are. Right back at you, man. Um, so this has been a 2018 Rampage production. This has <laughs> been Ram- – uh, no, it's not been Rampage Rants. God, no. listen Track of my days. This has been Wrestling Authority Radio, Wrestling With My Mind with Jamie Senegal. This is a 2019 Rampage production brought to you by the Evolution Radio Network. I'd like to thank you all for coming out. Join us Tuesday night, unless we do a show this weekend. We'll have details on our Facebook about that. Facebook.com backslash Wrestling Authority Radio. Facebook.com backslash Rampage Rants. And you can like the radio sta- the the network at Evolution Radio Network. I am Sadistic Sean David, along with my two co-hosts, the Dean of Wrestling Referees, Steve Kane. And the reason why the show will never, ever, ever be a bag of dicks, Chaotic Katie. And, and our, our guest, sweet, sweet boy. our sweet, sweet boy, <laughs> Jamie Senegal, my new son, Punk Ron Queen. Good night, everybody. Have a night, have a happy week happen safe weekend happy and safe weekend and make sure you check out nxt uk blackpool because they're going to blow the roof off you don't have to go home but you sure as hell can't stay here get the hell out and turn out the lights good night good everybody night. good night hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.